What's your problem? What's your solution? This is an interview series about making the world a better place. How do we want our lives to change beyond the COVID-19 virus crisis? That is the question of this special series of CAMP Solutions. As a family therapist and executive coach, Ross Zander has specialized in finding pathways to possibility. She is a master at opening doors in challenging situations when all roads seem to lead nowhere. It is a skill anyone can learn and it is much needed in times of crises. Welcome to CAMP Solutions. We're in a time when everything is different. You know, there's a big crisis. First of all, of course, there was a virus and then there was social unrest and it's very unsettling in society. What do you say to people who live in fear? Well, most people realize if they're living in fear, it isn't actually helping them. And it's a natural reaction. You know, I'm out here in California in some very nice woods and a deer will come by and I want to make friends with that deer, but it's not going to make friends with me. It's going to run like mad. And uh, we are wired as, as fighting, a fighting species and also a fleeing species. So that's the natural state of human beings. Now, what I say to them is it's time in our history that we rewire our natural state, that we learn not to react with fear. And how do you do that? Well, you do it with understanding that it's a natural thing to be feeling, but it's not helping you, that actually gratitude and love is a feeling. And if you can concentrate on those two feelings, you can overcome fear at times. And you can make it a life discipline. And it's important with COVID, for instance, that we are afraid that we'll catch the virus. But we do know what there is to do about it. We call it science and observation will tell us what to do about it. And we can only count on that and then let go the fear and show our love and gratitude among all of us. It brings to life creativity and connection, and we all know that that is a way through this kind of thing. So let's talk about the other crisis we're dealing with, the, the social unrest, the, the resurfacing of, of racism, which of course was never really not there, but, but it is more, people are more aware of it than they have been for a while. There's a lot of pain there. Um, how would you address that kind of pain um, yeah, from the perspective of possibility? History and pain. Well, history has already happened. Mm -hmm. So um, that it is being revealed, I think, is one of the most positive things that's happening in our has happened in our country for a very long time. I am thrilled that these very peaceful protesters are out on the streets. Yes, there are some fringe people, probably young people, probably really damaged people who just want to make havoc. And they are that and this is an opportunity for that when they see everybody on the streets. But the main thrust of this is so beautiful and so opening. We are now realizing and of course I often think 
every single please let us think about all the creatures on this earth who have suffered from being dominated women have gone through that i mean we all know i don't suffer over it but i certainly have had plenty of examples of why i can't get ahead why nobody will listen to what i say at a at a dinner party i've got a stronger voice now than i used to so i think it's a little bit better but um that's minor compared to what has happened to the to the people of color and oh god and the native americans yeah. um and the the legacy of slavery is really incredible and we don't pay attention mm -hmm. properly and i hope we learn from this we become a species before it's too late and i say too late because we're doing so many things that could just make it impossible for us to live on this earth i hope we understand that all of us with consciousness can help each other, can be together. Um, if we look at society, uh, politics to begin with, but it, you know, it's, it's actually more than politics, it seems. There's such polarization. You're either in this camp or in the other, and, and there is no meeting ground, it seems, anywhere. I mean, if, if A says B, then B says A, and they, never, they will never meet. How do we bring those things together? Because ultimately we need that in a society to, to live together. Yes, and of course people are understanding that we need that. They just feel helpless to do anything. One of the things I, I just heard Michael Porter, who's an economist, very famous economist, and he's working with a woman, and they wrote a book, and I heard him speak in the last week saying it is impossible to have a democracy in, in a two-person system, two, sided system yeah. because it always polarizes you always go out that way so one thing that the possibility here is realizing that we're set up wrong this is of course my theory and it's not only mine that life is made up of stories mm -hmm. you get yourself embedded in one way of looking at life and it all seems true and then there may be a completely opposite way of looking at life, and it all seems true as long as the the um, kind of syntax of it holds, and you keep hearing it. So one part of our society is listening to one newscaster who's saying exactly the opposite things that the other one is. And you can't argue somebody out of that. You can move out of it. You can smile your way out of it. You can love out of it, but you can't do it by logic because they already have their logic it, i guess it would help to come up with a new story too right a new maybe a story about society that is different from the one and the other story the third yeah. story well i told you one already which was we live in a story and that's a new story yes it is a new story and if people understand that they will all take everything with a grain of salt because they understand it's not a these are not enemies they just are living in a different story if we were to to sort of help the world we want to do that and and from your perspective what is then kind of the first step what's the first thing that people that can help people now how do we meet the other well 
you know how to meet the other, and I know how to meet the other. Look in his eyes, her eyes, and recognize the humanity there. I have to tell you a story that just came to mind. Um, I was in South Africa doing a man came to my seminar and he said, I came because you saved my life and I wanted to thank you. I said, have we met? He said, no. Um, so he told me the story and that is that he and his wife had read The Art of Possibility, which is a book I wrote. And he, and it's about this kind of transformation that we're talking about here. And, and, his, and his wife was reading The Art of Possibility at that point, and they turned off the light and went to sleep. And some robbers came into the house and bound them up and were rough. And he turned to his wife and whispered, the art of possibility. And then he signaled to one of the men, come here, can I have a glass of water, please? And they looked in each other's eyes, and the man got him a glass of water, undid his, some of the ties. And he knew at that point they were going to be safe. But it wasn't clear before that. So he was acting on the idea that the human connection is where all the differences can slide away. Yes. And apparently, and I, it may not though. I mean, if you're George Floyd and you're under a knee and you can call for your mother and you don't have that eye contact and there are too many there, it doesn't work but it's still worth doing. And we will never forget the way George Floyd was because that, that's the humanity there. If we were to try to develop that practice on a daily basis in these times, where, where, how do we do that? Where do we begin? What, what, what are the steps in, towards, the, towards mastering the art of possibility? Being aware that you're complaining about people or being aware that you're complaining about life, what you want to do is make the ground of your existence be love, compassion, um, gratitude. Because those th three emotions will help you enormously in life. Enormously. But, you know, people will argue, but you can't feel that way all the time. I mean, come on. Well, okay. I'm not telling you you have to. I'm just inviting you to. Yeah. Um, so that's where I would start, with myself, always with myself. I never have to think what, what's fair, what's, what, um, is it his fault, is it my fault? Because you can always take responsibility for, for <laughs> say, for anything that goes wrong in your life. I mean, that's, people would laugh at that, but there is some truth to that. You can always look behind the incident that made you upset and find where you were. Yes. The process. The next step is to realize or to decide or tell yourself the story that we're no longer in a, um, only a local existence. We're all 
global citizens, meaning the connection goes all the way around the world. I mean, it is absolutely absurd that we are in some kind of, in some of the conflicts we're in mm -hmm. when it wouldn't do the world any good if any one of us won. <laughs> That's so self-defeating, yeah. Let me give you the example that, that I guess is a real example now, and it becomes at least to it comes becomes harder for me. Yeah. Um, so the example would be, you know, a family uh, that has two working parents, and in this crazy economy, everything is closing down, and and, yeah. and people lose their jobs. How do you deal with that crisis situation? Well, for people who have means. Give generously. Give generously. That is a basic tenet of possibility. I used to give assignments for for a class, and the, one of the assignments was for the young people to take home with them: give more generously than you think you have the resources for. Mm. Just give more generously. Always go beyond. Um, and so if they if you can give money or if you can give time any of it just give it during this and don't think that anybody's suffering doesn't have something isn't impacting you because it, it does if you were this powerful person and you could change a rule the, the one rule in society what what would that be or what 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 would the, the one thing is that from now on we're going to do this like that, what, 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 what would that be? Charity and generosity were the rule of the day, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, if I could make a rule that people discover that love isn't something that happens to them, that they can generate love, they can generate compassion, even in circumstances where they're just horrified, you can still do it. We have an enormous capacity for overriding what our first instincts are, if it's important to do so. And human beings are incredibly flexible and adaptive. Look at what we've adapted to and changed. And even in this COVID time, which is the great news, um, people have followed directions, more or less. Now, they followed the directions from the particular story that is telling them to do it. Mm -hmm. So the Democrats are following the direction from the story of the Democrats and so on. Mm -hmm. But um, but they could, we could do it. We can stay in our houses. We can wear masks. I mean, it's unbelievable how different our life is, and we can do it. Now, there are certain things that I worry about climate change more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And what's called upon is a change of behavior. It's a big story to combat, and we're doing it. But um, if people all believed in it the way they, then I think we would master it very quickly. You said it beautifully. You know, we can generate love in any moment, every moment of the day, in any situation. Right. But if we were able to do that, would that, you know, I, I guess it would be the beginning of solving a lot of problems, if not all. Yeah. We'd solve lots of problems. Climate change included. Yes. Climate change included. <laughs> because it doesn't seem to have relate to love, but I guess 
people who live from the perspective of love, ha uh, you know, relate to, uh, differently with nature. My husband now makes slight fun of me because I think of myself as a fly whisperer. And I think if I were in a pr prison cell and I had a fly in there with me, I'd be much better off. Well, there's stories about that. People befriend cockroaches in prison cells. Their consciousness. If you don't think all those little creatures are conscious, just watch for 10 minutes to see how many decisions they make. Would it help for people to be spend more time in nature? It would help a lot. First of all, it would make their brains better. And um, that, because there are lots of studies on that, and that's usually something that will convince people. If you take a half hour walk, you know, in Japan, um, they have a practice with people who have jobs in corporate uh, entities that they go out for half an hour and walk in a forest because they're better workers. They're smarter, they're quicker, and so on. Nature is is the most companionable place you can be. Think of I mean, I'm now sitting in a room that has no particular companionableness to it, but it has windows. And I can see how the trees are companionable. The movement, the lines, the light. And if you just stay there long enough, you will feel so welcomed in. We're made of the same stuff. It is. Ultimately, what, what we probably need the most is, is, a, is a change of mindsets to be more together and you say for you the first step of that mindset is 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 that generating love yeah we see it even today in in, in there was this beautiful moment in, in in london where the black man was carrying the white man who was basically his enemy in the protest and and so there are these situations where we step in maybe the answer is that the solution is always very nearby it's close very close good point jared um and it may be maybe a lot of change if after november we have a different government but our government continues to be extremely divisive and that's just what we don't want we say but no. we have a particular president, and he has to be there until his days. I mean, we, that's our ruling. Yeah, you, you already know that, that when there will be a change of government, and I think many people will look forward to that, there's going to be a group who's going to be very disappointed uh, and going to be, if not very angry. You know, you need leadership like we had at one point, uh, Mandela in South Africa, who realized that if he was going to estrange the white that he was never going to be able to create peace in society and, yeah. and so already the challenge for any next president after the current one is that you need to bring back into society the other people who will be feeling that they now will be you know that they are now the enemy of, of the new government and they will be removed from power which will be very very upsetting for them because they Basically, most of them don't have a lot of power in their lives anyway, and the power that they've gotten in the past four years is the power of action and violence and so on. Um, and so it'll be, but we have to pay attention to that. These people need to be brought home.
big challenges for a lot of people. Where do you see the hopeful signs and what are they? Well, the hopeful signs are, are our ability to react on a global scale to a crisis. I mean, that is fantastic. And we need to do that. And we haven't had to do it, except maybe in a world war, but not on the scale we've had to do it with COVID. So I think that that's a very positive sign that we can. Can you see that we take the same decisiveness towards what you consider the biggest challenge, climate change? Well, yes, that's of course what I want to have happen. And um, I'll do whatever I can with my means to, to promote that. I have a practice in, in the art of possibility called being with the way things are. And I think of it as the bridge between um, sort of despair or downward spiral or all that and possibility. And being with the way things are means you keep your eyes open. You, you'll always be seeing things in a story, but you can see a fair amount that everybody would agree on. And that's, the, that's what I call the way things are. Whatever everybody can look at and agree on is the way things are. So have people look at what's happening with the environment. You know, Al Gore has, um, of course, now it's politicized, but he has incredible films on what's happening with climate change around the world. We want more and more people to see that. And in a way, the fact that we've all had to go on to Zoom instead of being in person is developing the capacity that we all have to be able to relate this way and to get information this way and feel like global citizens this way. That is a big step forward. Mm -hmm. Those films and much of what we have around us falls into the category of the way things are that we can all see. Adding science to the way things are, what we can't see but we have experts telling us, that together is what we need to move forward. And then creation occurs. You have the science, you have the observation, and now you can make up new things to help the world, which is happening all the time. I mean, the amount of creativity that's been going on during this time is, is just amazing. Do we also see something like People, there's a bit of maybe a change in values that you, there is, uh, that there's more space for, for companionship, maybe love compared to the red rays of money. Is there a shift there too? I imagine there is. How much that continues after everything opens up and people can get back to making money, I, I don't know, but we should watch, watch the births that take place nine months from now. <laughs> Your discovery of the flies, was that in the recent months or? No, I ha I'm afraid to tell you that I was a fly lover long before. <laughs> would, you, would you suggest that people, uh, you know, that it would help to uh, embrace the flies and if not the flies, the flowers? It's imp very important to love the fly and the flower because what you're doing is exercising your capacity to love. That's what we need. Love doesn't come from the outside. I mean, 
people can tell you they love you and then you say, mm, I'm not sure he really loves me. <laughs> oh, that's nonsense. Um, but that's not where love is generated. Love is generated from you and from him and from everybody. And it can, it is something that takes practice. Now, if you've had a great upbringing, it's easier because you've had practice from the beginning. If you haven't and have had a lot of trauma, it's harder on you because fear and dislike comes in the way. And, it, and it's fear and dislike was very important for you in those years. It is not important for you now. Fear is only useful if you can to, to see danger and do something about it. It is not useful in any other form. And so it's important to be able to have this extraordinary muscle for love. And that means you smile a lot. It, it helps to smile. You open your arms. It helps to open. You'll just try that. Just try it now. And do you feel different in your body? Yeah, so it is, it, it, it is yeah, I agree, it is, that's why this and this makes a big difference, I know, yeah. yeah. And I'm encouraging people to realize that they can have more that they want if they realize they can generate love and appreciation and, of course, forgiveness as well. How do you hang on to blaming people? I don't know. There's always an opportunity to begin generating love for the fly, the flower, the tree, you know, the next person you meet in the street. Yeah. And for me as a painter, it's very useful. I can't paint a painting unless I've generated love for what I'm seeing. Thank you, Ross. A pleasure. Generating love is the most effective response to any crisis. Love opens the door to possibility. It is a practice that requires discipline. For Ross Zander, that discipline can begin with the love for a fly or a flower. This was Camp Solutions. Stay well and see you next time. Camp Solutions is presented by the World Business Academy on behalf of Just Capital. The COVID-19 Corporate Response Tracker of Just Capital is tracking the best practices of corporations serving the needs of their employees and of the communities they serve in this time of national crises. See how the best of America's largest employers are treating stakeholders amid the coronavirus crisis at JustCapital.com.